My name is Jake Foster, and I'm a reporter at Clarksville Now, where each week our team of experienced journalists write about the latest happenings in and around Clarksville. We cover it all from the latest restaurant openings to breaking news about our government, schools, and community leaders. Whether you're new to Clarksville or have lived here for the past 50 plus years, I'm sure something has piqued your interest this week. Here are the top stories trending right now on ClarksvilleNow.com. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast. And here are your top stories for the week of February 19th. All right, welcome back to another episode of Your Week, Your News, a Clarksville Now original podcast. Um, We're also broadcasting live on Newsy 105.5 and 1500. Uh, Changing things up a little bit this week, uh, Katie and Ryan are out of the office today. Uh, We do have Chris Smith, editor-in-chief, Clarksville Now. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Jake. Good morning. And then um, we welcome uh, Tiffany Hill, half of the uh, Q Morning crew. Hi, Tiffany. Hello. And then uh, we have the man, the myth, the legend. We have uh, the Lee Irwin. Oh, well, thank you very much, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Super excited to have you guys along. Um, looking forward to uh, discussing uh, this week's news. Of course, Lee, you helped write some of this. So um, it'll be great to get your insight as well. Uh, the first thing we, I want to talk about is our, our top headline is Beaver 100.3 Camp Rainbow Radiothon raises over $64,700. The two-day event featured Beaver 100.3 on-air personalities who shared heartwarming stories from campers, counselors, and parents about how Camp Rainbow has touched their lives. And Tiffany, you were actually a big part of this, correct? Yeah, I I, um, I do middays on the Beaver, so um, I was part of this Camp Rainbow Radiothon, and I think this was the third time I was part of this uh, Radiothon over the years, and it is one of the most incredible radio events you can take part in because Camp Rainbow is just so special. I'll tell you, within the first 15 minutes, I was crying and mm-hmm. had to grab the Kleenex. The emotions that come out of these stories, not just from the campers themselves and how much they look forward to that camp, but also the people who volunteer at Camp Rainbow between the nurses and the counselors, and then hearing from the parents how important this is to these kids that they're with other kids that are just like them. And the fact that this community steps up every single year and opens up their hearts and opens up their wallets and supports Camp Rainbow is just incredible to see. I mean, that will also bring tears to your eyes is to see how people will support these kids. That's the cool thing, too, is, you know, as much as it is great for these kids, I mean, it can really change the life of people who volunteer. Yes. Just to, to be exposed to something that you don't normally see and somebody kids especially who are in such incredible need and being able to do stuff for them really changes your life. Yes. Heard from one of the counselors who said just that um, he had kind of fallen into being a counselor, didn't really know a whole lot about Camp Rainbow. And he was young. I think he was about 19 at the time when he became a counselor. And he said that he went in thinking that he had all of these problems and these worries on his mind. And after one day, he said it completely changed him. Mm -hmm. He said, look at these kids and what they're going through. Look how happy they are. Look at them enjoying life despite everything that they're facing and being so seriously ill. And he said, what have I got to worry about? And he said it just changed his whole perspective on life. And he's looking forward to going back year after year. And that's great that he's going back into the community with that type of outlook too. Taking that to other things. Yeah. 
I mean, it was it was really cool to see all those kids in here, too. Um, I think some of them were playing laser tag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, these kids are just in here having a good time. Yeah. Um, plus, there was a lot of candy and cookies as well, which we always appreciate. So, yeah. And you've been out there, Lee, to cover Camp Rambo before? Yes, I have. Uh, this is the 14th year for the oh, wow. uh, Radiothon, and uh, I have been to Camp Rainbow, I think it was probably six, eight years ago, I went down, took photos for Clarksville now, and it's just uh, it's just amazing down there. The kids are having so much fun, they're learning things, and the counselors, and uh, I don't think I could actually be a counselor, because I would be too moved by it, you know, mm-hmm. And uh, but the kids are having so much fun doing stuff. You, they're fishing, and they're swimming, and they're arts and crafts, you know, and then they have the uh, the balloon rides, the hot air balloon rides, and all oh, of wow, that is just great. Cool. So, And then Bikers Who Care, BWC, bring the bikers in, and they do uh, have a big party. They have a carnival that they also do, so it is amazing. Yeah, and you can uh, check out a lot of these pictures that uh, we took over those two days, or actually Lee took over those two days at uh, ClarksvilleNow.com. And I also want to give a shout-out to Chris and Monica. I mean, those guys just rocked those two days. Oh, yes. yes. I mean, they were on air from what? 5 a.m. to 6 p.m.? Was that, well, that correct? It yeah, started they, at 6 in the morning and went till 6 in the evening. Yeah, so yeah they only hours. took one small break during the day when Mandy and I had gone in for a couple of hours. That, that way they could just rest <laughs> and yeah. grab something to eat. And uh, yeah, it truly is a marathon for them as well. And so that also speaks volumes of how they relate those stories on the air that everybody called and responded so well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think my brain would turn to jelly if I tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to try to stay on for that long. Yeah. You know, like emotionally, mentally on. Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to them. I but they're, my- they're so excited about what they're doing. You know, oh, they yeah. really yeah. get into it. Uh, Monica became a counselor. Yes. She's, oh, she's really? so excited. Wow. Yeah. So she, she actually is one of the counselors at Camp Rainbow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember my first job in radio was hosting a little program called Swap Shop on a uh, small radio station in Indiana. And I had to talk for 30 minutes straight. And I thought that was a long time. That but, is a um, long time. Uh, <laughs> 12 hours, yeah. <laughs> 12 hours is, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Mean, hats off to those guys for sure. Lots of lozenges went into that, I bet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and a big thank you to everyone who donated as well. Um, you're definitely making some kids very, very happy. So that's incredible. Moving on, our second headline we're going to talk about on the podcast is When My Words Fail, Music Always Speaks. Haven Madison on her journey to American Idol. And maybe, Chris, you can talk about this a little bit. Um, Haven's got a pretty cool journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she uh, is a Clarksville High School cheerleader, and um, her father is in a band. I'm blanking on it. It's a 249, I think is the name of the band. It's a, or maybe 429, uh, but it's a Christian, some combination of numbers, <laughs> some combination of numbers. I'm bad with math. Um, but anyway, so she uh, grew up uh, around music and just started really getting into it more. And she, during COVID era, um, decided she was going to try out for American Idol over Zoom. And, oh, um, Building 429. Building 429. I had no idea her dad was like, I love that band. Yeah. Um, well, one of my go. favorites. So, okay, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I just, I just saw that. I was like, yeah. Building 429. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so she um, tried out for it uh, over Zoom, and um, it went well, and um, now she's uh, moved up to the final auditions, or not final auditions, but to the um, auditions on American Idol, and has got the going to Hollywood ticket. 
But uh, yeah, but the song is really cool. And apparently, the judges were really wowed by the song. She wrote it herself, um, and uh, yeah, she so uh, she came in. I think did she talk to you guys, Tiffany, as well? She talked to us over the phone. Yeah. I think because of the American Idol stipulations, she couldn't oh. actually come in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you're right. It was interesting to see the reaction of people like Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan when she was performing for them. I mean, each all a huge name in their own genre. Mm-hmm. And to see them so wowed by not just her singing, but especially the songwriting, you could mm-hmm. tell that song sounded like a hit. And Katy mm-hmm. Perry has written a ton of hits, especially for other artists as well. So she certainly knows how to write a hit song. And she especially was blown away mm-hmm. by Haven. So she is a true, true talent. And it was great to see her perform with her dad during the audition, mm-hmm. too. And he became very emotional yeah. during the audition once it was over. Yeah, that's cool. And, and I'm curious, I, I don't I don't watch American Idol normally, but does the song kind of evolve over the course of the show? Like, do they do they tweak it and do like workshopping on? She's going to have song? to sing everybody else's music now. And um, she might they may bring her on to um, to sing more of her own music. But mm-hmm. and, and that was an interesting choice, too, to sing her own song, because a lot of people, when they audition, they'll sing a song that's already been famous by someone yeah it's almost kind of risky i would say to, to do yes, your own work to sing an unknown song um yeah so from now on she's going to be singing everybody else's music and it'll be interesting to see i haven't seen the past few seasons either so whether they now allow you to sing your own music um not sure if they do that but it'll be interesting to see where her journey goes and where she goes from here too because a beautiful voice yeah. Oh, and um, and that song uh, "15" is playing now in rotation on Q108. Yes. So yeah, you can actually hear it along with um all kinds of other pop music on a uh, on Q108. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to highlight about Haven is she was actually homeschooled until her freshman year of high school, and I, I was homeschooled through high school. So yeah, um, we homeschooled our kids. Yeah. So it's great to see another homeschooler out there. You know, getting it done, uh, getting out there, and, and doing some Go, things. Te- hashtag team homeschooling. Yeah. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag homeschooled. But we have to misspell homeschool to uh, make it accurate. Like uh, all the memes out there. You've seen the homeschool memes, right? I have not. Oh, you haven't? Oh, they they are hilarious, okay. but um, they're not funny. <laughs> if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, hats off to you, Haven. I uh, can't wait to follow your journey. So uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, our third headline, we're going to move into some of the investigative pieces that Clarksville Now worked on this week. Um, these were by reporter Jordan Renfro. Uh, the first one is, Genova Healthcare cancels contracts for emergency room nurses, forces them to renew at lower rates. So we're going to kind of segue into a little more serious topic. Uh, t- basically, Genova Healthcare Clarksville abruptly ended all of standing RPN contracts in the emergency department with new contracts having greatly reduced pay incentives. And Chris, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this. Um, cause, cause you helped out with this article a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So for a bit of context here, prior to, um, the, the COVID pandemic hospitals across Tennessee and across the country were having a lot of trouble. We've had several hospitals close across Tennessee. And, um, in some ways I feel like COVID sort of, um, masked the, some of the problem because, a lot of money started pouring in um, to help support hospitals yeah. during the pandemic. Well, now that money is drying up and we're back to where we were pre-COVID, where hospitals simply don't have enough money because of the rising costs of health care um, to be able to cover all the things they're trying to do. 
So um, during COVID, there have been several incentives to help nurses um, with pay, and you know, basically try to keep more nurses um, in the game. And now the the pandemic is mostly over. Um, the, the that incentive pay has been going away, um, but the nurses are still you know short. They're short staffed. They have been you know trying to make ends meet. Um, and we were tipped off um, by several sources on this story. They're very upset because not only was the pay removed, but the way in which the pay was removed was a problem because they had already signed contracts, they already had schedules, and then they were suddenly told, hey, by the way, even though the contract says $75 an hour in incentive pay, we're cutting that down to 60 and yes, you still have to finish out the rest of your contract. So that's, um, that's where it's kind of where all that started. Yeah, it said according to multiple sources and documents obtained by Clarksville, LPN incentive pay had been $50 and was dropped to $40 an hour. Techs were contracted at $25 incentive pay and dropped to $20. So that is a steep decline, and it really is interesting to see how the healthcare industry has changed as a result of COVID. Because I remember when the pandemic first started, they're like, oh, we don't have enough nurses. Like, we don't have enough nurses and doctors to, to handle this surge of cases. And so a lot of colleges, you know, were... We're starting to discount um, education for for nurses. I, I, I saw a lot of that. So decreasing incentive pay is is kind of interesting. Now, uh, can you can you describe what incentive pay is a little bit? Ooh, that gets complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what so, are some examples? How would a how would a healthcare professional receive incentive pay? So, is my understanding is that they work for thirty six hours um, at a set rate, and then if they work the way it had been set up, if they work beyond those 36 hours, then all of the hours that they worked were paid at the at higher pay rate. Um, I believe for the uh, nurses, it was $75 an hour. So it was basically like overtime. and Kind of like overtime, but it applied to all of their hours worked, not just the hours after 36, which is normally the way overtime works. And that was part of the incentive package. But with the new setup, they not only have the reduced rate for the incentive, but they no longer can apply that higher rate to all of their worked hours, only to the hours worked after 36, if you can track that. Yeah. And and I can understand where Tenova is coming from, especially as the pandemic is, has slowed and maybe even halted, cross our fingers. But, you know, if you're a nurse going in you know, two years ago when you applied and you were expecting that contracted rate mm-hmm. and, you know, this is your career, you were expecting there to be, you know, you were expecting to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see, I, I can see both sides, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to reduce the COVID pay if COVID's over. Right. Um, the trick is, why did they have to do it in the middle of the contract with 48 hours notice? I think that's, yeah, that's that, the that thing is, that people are, yeah. are really objecting to is, is the way in which it was done. Um, I think they would have been upset either way. But um, but I think that was sort of the one of the main issues. Do you know if the nurses ever saw that coming? Did they hear any inklings of something like that? You know how sometimes you might hear little rumors that they may be taking that away, or were they completely shocked by this? Yeah, from what I understand, they they were completely shocked. That's what they told us. Um, we had we had multiple people we talked to, um, you know, off the record, and um, they, that's what they expressed to us was that they were blindsided by it. Yeah, well, especially after signing contracts and then finding out that they think that they are getting paid a certain rate, and then finding out that that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is that is a shock. And when were those um when were those contracts supposed to expire? 
I don't know that. I, I believe that they were sort of, you know, you, you would sign a contract. Oh, individual contracts. Individual contracts for a certain set period of time. And at, okay. upon being hired, it's all a PRN, which means as needed um, yeah. nursing. Um, so it's, um, you know, I, I think it would be case by case. So that might have been why they did it in the middle of contracts. I, I could see that if everybody started a contract at a different time. But the 48 hours notice, that is still um, <laughs> very brief, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because uh, if Katie came in here, and was like, "All right, we're all we're, we're docking your pay twenty percent in forty eight hours," I'd be like, "What?" You know, yeah. would, <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse and, me. <laughs> and you know, if that happened here, you know, we could all just say, "Oh, okay, well, fine, I'm going home." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to go apply for other jobs, or I'm going to, you know, call me when you're ready to pay me more, or something like that. I mean. But with nurses and doctors, it's a very different setup. Yeah. If you abandon your job um, as a medical professional, that could jeopardize your license. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could basically, um, you can't just like walk away and go get another job as a nurse. If you, in that situation, your career could be over um, because you, it's called the abandonment of care or something like yeah, that. Yeah, patient abandonment. Yeah. And that was something that... We had talked about a little bit when we did the um, advanced care medical story a couple months right, ago. Right, right. Um, Similar situation. People were like, well, why don't these employees just quit if they're if they're not being paid? It's like, well, they could be, you know, charged, worst case scenario, for mm-hmm. patient abandonment yeah. and lose their licenses. Um, yeah. So hats off to those healthcare workers as too. I mean, healthcare workers have all around, you know, mm-hmm. not just here, but have really been through the ringer the last couple of years. Yeah, and, I, and some people, you know, look at that while well, getting paid $75 an hour and like, well you know, cry me a river, (laughs) making $75 an hour. But uh, if you look at what they go through Mm. and the cost of education, I mean, just the hours alone, you know, with the working incredible hours and then the the pushback that you get and the health exposure that you have. And I mean, it is really hard work that requires a really high level of skill. So, so they definitely deserve the money they get. Yeah, as far as Tanova's response, when asked about these sudden pay cuts, Tanova responded that the hospital experienced staffing challenges during the pandemic, and to address those challenges, they implemented a number of incentives, including a greater reliance on a PRN or as-needed staff to meet short-term staffing needs, and that was according to Sandy Wooten, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Tanova. So that was kind of the the reasoning behind that. Tanova did not respond to several specific questions from Clarksville now, uh, including a request to explain what exactly happened with incentive pay and who made the decision and why the changes took effect mid-contract. But um, Tanova has the reasons. So that is um, that is one thing that uh, Clarksville now covered this week. That was one of our investigative pieces. And that had actually been going on not just this week, but, but a couple weeks. I mean, Clarksville yeah. now put a lot of work and thought into this story to be able to, to carefully tell it. And hats off to um, Jordan Renfro, um, the reporter who handled all of this. Um, she did a really good job with that and worked on it for several weeks. Um, it's a, you know... We're Clarksville now, so normally when we are working on a story, we try to turn it around within, you know, uh, a minute, (laughs) (laughs) five minutes at the most. Um, But when it comes to the investigative stuff, that it takes a lot of patience and a lot of care and a lot of diligence. And and so she really worked hard on that for about three or four weeks before we were able to, to publish. And uh, she worked on another story over the last couple of weeks as well, another investigative piece. Our next headline is Austin B. Graduate Teaching Assistant Struggle with Stipends of Only $5,200 a Year. So this was this was an interesting story and one that we'd actually been following probably for a couple months now. Basically, a lot of these students in the graduate program, am I correct with that? Mm-hmm. It was the graduate yes. program at APSU. They were basically concerned – not really concerned, but they they were petitioning 
for higher stipends because the cost of living is ridiculous. I mean, we can all agree the cost of living is ridiculous. It's gone up substantially over the last 10, 15 years. And they're basically getting $5,200 a semester, correct? A year. Total. A year. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, not a lot of money, but that, that does include the cost of their education, right? Their education is being paid for. Right. So, um, a graduate, you know, graduate teaching assistants handle, um, at most universities, the bulk of the like entry-level courses that you take. So, your freshman comp, your, you know, history 101 those early um, classes are often handled by graduate teaching assistants. Mm-hmm. These are um, uh, graduate students who are working on their master's degree or doctoral degree. And while they're doing that, they get what's called an assistantship where the university waives their tuition and fees in, in most cases um, and um, gives them a stipend, um, basically something for them to live on uh, while they are um, uh, teaching. Um, now that would be fine if you could also afford to work a part-time job while you're, um, taking your graduate classes and teaching, but the workload is usually so high that there's no way you could do that. And I I believe they discouraged getting a, yeah, I talked to one, uh, former grad student who said that he actually was scolded by a professor because he had a part-time job and it's. It, well, it's like, well, what that effectively, that means that you have to be rich to, to go to grad school. You know, I mean, we're perpetuating economic <laughs> divisions in our society by saying that you can't work a part time job and be a graduate student, you know? Yeah. And that's the scary part, thinking that if you're going to make it such a struggle, well, what choices does, is that student going to have? Mm-hmm. Can I afford to further my education in this way mm-hmm. or should I drop out? And make a living. And that's the unfortunate part about that, too, is it may affect their choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy that we talked to for the story is a single dad who relies on the food bank at Austin P to have enough food for his um, himself and his and his child, which is crazy. You know, yeah. that, that and it's it's not necessarily Austin P as an institution. Um, it's not just their fault. This is a problem across the country where um, graduate students are basically being taken advantage of because they're in a situation where they're reliant on the institution to give them a degree. And, and the institution says, we want you, you know, well, we can help you with that, but you got to teach these courses and, but the workload gets to be too much. And really it's just a matter of, you know, there's, they're being underpaid and, um, you know, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the spokesperson for APSU said in total as an in-state student taking 10 hours of graduate courses in the fall, spring, and summer terms could earn up to $23,932.25 per year in scholarships and stipends. An out-of-state student could earn up to $32,000 per year in scholarships and stipends, a little over $32,000. Yeah, it's because the tuition's being waived. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean... I think if I was a student in that situation, I, it would depend how bad I really wanted to be a graduate assistant. Mm-hmm. I think I would be looking at some other options if it was if it was that dire for me. Um, you know, I've, I've been in situations like that. I, I worked full time getting my associate's degree. I'm working full time now earning my bachelor's degree. And, and that's just kind of the way it, it goes. But I can definitely see how with graduate students, you have a significant larger course load and plus you have to get all those hours in because my my older sister she was a teacher and there was a lot of um assistant duties and experience that you have to get before you even earn a degree Mm -hmm. so there's a it's a difficult situation and that's why i'm so pro-trade when it comes to kids coming out of uh high school Mm -hmm. like uh 
organizations like TCAT, mm. I think, are, are really, really good for uh, the future of kids who can't afford college or who don't want to go to college because some kids just don't want to go to college. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have went to college if I didn't need it to do what I want to do. And obviously these kids need to go to college to do what they want to do. So I can see the frustration there. And the stipends is actually significantly lower than a lot of other graduate stipends at other schools. That was another thing. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if you look at, I don't have the story in front of me, Jake, but basically I think at um, ETSU and MTSU, they're getting paid 7,000 something in a stipend. Yeah. At East state, or East Tennessee State University master's degree students awarded a graduate assistantship have their full tuition covered and receive a stipend of $7,000 for the school year. In addition to scholarships, ETSU's doctoral GA stipend salary is $25,000 specific to the biomedical science graduate program. So there is different different stipends for different programs, depending on what uh, GA program you're in. In 2021, the UT Knoxville Graduate School invested $1 million in reoccurring funds to raise the minimum graduate uh, assistantship stipend. There's a lot of big words. Uh, levels 20%. According to UT Office of Budget and Finance, a GTA working a minimum of 10 hours a week, nine months out of the year, would earn a minimum of $7,200 stipend a year. Those who work year-round could earn $9,000 a year. So essentially, if you if you try to compare apples to apples, um, where APSU is paying what is it five thousand two hundred? Yeah, fifty two hundred dollars um, a year. ETSU and MTSU are paying seven thousand. Um, so yeah, in stipend, um, and uh, and uh, and um, UT is paying nine thousand. So and the minimum, you know, uh, federal poverty level is I think what ten thousand or thirteen thousand. That sounds about right. I think. Yeah, so that, that's what they're pushing for is try to bring it up to that minimum level. Now, APSU, in response to our um, question, said that they are actually working to fix this. They are working to increase the um, the stipends for their graduate students. So, I mean, they want to to do more. Um, it's um, it's not for lack of will um, that they're that these students are being um, paid this low amount. Um, so they are working to fix it. Yeah, APSU is excellent. Um, absolutely excellent educational institution and you know we've all been impacted by inflation the rising cost of living but so is APSU mm-hmm. i mean they have their own rising costs that they have to worry about so that's another thing you know it'd, it'd be i'm sure it'd be really easy to just say you know here here's an extra $5000 a year uh, but you can't do that i mean mm-hmm. they've got they've got rising expenses as well so i i can see how they're trying to work that into their budget and i have a feeling that um th- there'll be some good news coming from that in the coming in the coming months yeah hopefully uh, so yeah, so our uh, our next headline getting into a little lighter topic of conversation. Riverview Square plans to open by 2024 with retail, restaurants and hotel next to F&M Bank Arena. Man, downtown. I mean, mm-hmm. holy crap. It's like, going to be unrecognizable <laughs> in about another year or two. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's And it's long overdue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What was downtown looking like when you were uh Started out here, Lee. Well, I remember when they built Two Rivers Mall, which, uh, you know, which has long been gone. There's still some businesses there and then uh, Governor Square. But as far as downtown, I remember it used to be the roadway in. Then it, back in the 80s, then it became Ramada Inn and then the Riverview Inn. But I'm just so glad to see that. I remember attending meetings back in the early mid 90s of people were doing things like for 
wanting to build an arena, an event center or something, and making plans. And then all of a sudden, we've got uh, Riverview Square coming up, which is going to be great, F&M Bank Arena, a parking garage, which mm-hmm. is a good idea, and uh, Shelby's Trio, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I'm so glad to see this. There was just uh, not a whole lot down there. That uh, There were businesses, but I mean, as far as something for the whole community, and that is was what this is going to be. Yeah, a four-acre mixed-use development. Uh, it's going to be at 15 College Street. Uh, we were at the groundbreaking, actually, you and I, right. Lee. Yes. So it was really cool to to get those guys' vision of the area. And this is something that's been a, a long time, as you said, long time coming. It's been in the works for quite a bit. We actually have a couple of renderings up at ClarksvilleNow.com in the article of Riverview Square, the hotel, and it's going to look really nice. I mean, it's going to look... Uh, can I use bougie in a podcast? I'm going to use bougie in a podcast. <laughs> it's going to look very bougie. So, but in a good way. It's going to be super cool. And let's see. Well, I could say Clarksville's growing so much, it's going to bring people back downtown. Yeah, that's you know. one of the mm-hmm. big things that you notice, especially yes. at night. It just, you have maybe two or three restaurants that attract people at night, but there's not really a whole lot more bringing people in to downtown. And uh, that was one of the things that we've heard from listeners is that I'd like to see more people downtown. And so this will certainly bring a lot more people downtown. Yeah, I can't wait to see what kind of retail is going to go in there and and the kinds of shops that we're going to get. I'm hoping there's going to be some kind of bakery there. I'm having my fingers crossed. Bakeries for, are good, yeah. For a good downtown bakery. <laughs> what, what, do we, what do we all want to see in uh, Riverview Square? So you want a bakery. I want a bakery. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything specific, but... You can't say strip club on a podcast, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I think the more farm-to-table restaurants that we have in Clarksville, that would be really fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see an old-time video game. Video store. Yeah, arcade. Yes, I'd like to see an old-style arcade. arcade. I have seen that as as happened in a couple of other larger cities. I would like to see that there, where you walk in and play all the games. Yeah, they have one in Asheville, North Carolina. Do they? Okay. Yep, it's a lot of fun. That would be pretty neat. What about you, Chris? Well, we've we've got a bookstore downtown, and we've got a vinyl record shop downtown. Um, I'm thinking maybe a comic book shop. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I like the comic. We're all nerds talking about video games and comic books. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Food. Food, yeah. That's all life is, is video games, food, and comic books anymore. This is true. You know... Trader Joe's. Why, why can't we put a Trader Ooh, Joe's in there? I got to throw now it out there. you're talking. <laughs> so many people want to see Trader Joe's in Clarksville, and I've reached out to Trader Joe's corporate. I'm Have still, you really? Yes, I'm still waiting to hear back yeah. to find out what do we need to do in Clarksville to bring Trader Joe's. Because honestly, I go to Nashville to shop at Trader Joe's because I am I used to what they do. offer yeah. and the prices. Mm-hmm are incredible. Their eggs are not expensive. Mm-hmm. Trader Joe's has great prices. I think that they would do phenomenally well mm-hmm. in Clarksville. So, and something else with the uh, downtown, I've got a couple of relatives who live in Kentucky. Mm. And uh, this year they called me and said, well, Riverview Inn, is it open? What they do every year for New Year's Eve, they like to come to Clarksville. They stayed at the Riverview Inn and then went to another story we've got coming up in a few moments about Black Horse. They really enjoy doing that. And they said, what are we going to do this year? There's no really hotel motels downtown within walking distance because mm. obviously, obviously they would go to Black Horse and 
celebrate a little bit, and they didn't want to drive, so they would walk right back up to Riverview Inn. So uh, maybe in 2024 for New Year's, they can do that. So I would not be surprised if another hotel opens downtown in the next five years. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. you can't just have one. Um, you know, because like I, you know, the case in point, you know, Riverview Inn is currently closed, so we don't have anywhere right. else for people to stay downtown. Um, but on the Trader Joe's thing, yeah, I, I definitely think I don't think any of the buildings in this square are going to be large enough to hold the Trader Joe's. But unless maybe they stacked it up, made it two stories or bought two parcels, two two properties next door. To yeah, probably. they could. And, uh-huh. and, and I'm not sure if that if downtown would be the right spot for mm-hmm. it. Um, I, you know, I still think that there's there's a need for mm-hmm. a Trader Joe's in Clarksville and maybe not downtown, maybe somewhere on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that would be fantastic. I think we're going to get a Trader Joe's. Well, that, that story you did about the IDB um, soliciting developers. Near Exit near 8. Exit 8 yep. that, they have on there a grocery. They, they want a grocer there. That would be a great spot for Are you listening, Trader Joe's? Come on, <laughs> Trader Joe's. A grocer at Exit 8. Contact Josh Ward, Shay Hopkins at the IDB. <laughs> I don't even know what I, I see it all the time when I write a new business article. Everybody wants a Trader Joe's. I don't even know what a Trader Joe's is. I'm just going to admit it oh, right now. I don't really. I don't either. I've okay. heard of it, I'm not but alone. I'm the not sure. The price of food is um, it's less than what you pay at a lot of other places, but it's not even the price. It's what they offer. They have a lot of unique items that are mm. just amazing, and they're they're known on the healthier side. It's not that every single thing is healthy at Trader Joe's, but. Um, they do offer a lot of healthy selections and you can't beat the price on their produce as well. So they've got great prices, healthy selections, and really unique items that you can only find at Trader Joe's that are delicious. That once you're used to shopping there, you really miss it. If and that's you're why I think Trader Joe's. people are, that's why people are so clamoring for it because yes. they do miss it. And yeah. You know, you get used to it. Yeah. I've heard people say they wish there was a grocery store downtown. Hmm. IGA used to be out there on Madison Street many years ago. That was close to downtown, but the people have said that. Wortham's, uh, yes, Wortham's yeah. that is now a Dollar General. Um, yeah. Hmm. I um, I come from a really small rural town, maybe like twelve thousand people, and I remember when I first moved to Clarksville, I thought Publix was amazing. I was blown away. I'd never been in a Publix before, and I was like. This cart has a cup holder on it, and that was what sold me on Publix. I go to Publix all the time now. I was like, I can get a get a little soda over here and mm-hmm. put it in my cart and go around shopping. I was like, I, I feel I really felt like I made it in life <laughs> after my okay. first week in Clarksville, walking into Publix. So, yeah. uh, and they walk your groceries out to your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're all we're all big grocery fans. So come on, Trader Joe's, but uh, Riverview Square coming twenty twenty four. That's going to be awesome. Okay, moving on. Restaurants, grocers, service businesses sought by IDB for land on Rossby Road near Exit 8. We actually just mentioned this. This is something that uh, the IDB reached out to me about this week. And basically, they're seeking developers for this 20-acre site outside of the, or really in the industrial development park. So there's actually a couple of businesses there already. There's a Taco John's and a Burger King and a Popeye's. But what they're really trying to do is not only seek developers, but possibly a master developer who's going to come in and bring in all these different businesses. They really went like local shops and they said, uh, you know, we have these, we have these fast food restaurants and th- and those are great, but we want to bring in something else that Clarksville doesn't have like a Trader Joe's or, <laughs> or um, some other maybe high end dining mm-hmm. area. 
And then uh, something else that was because you can look on the map at ClarksvilleNow.com. You can check out what businesses they're trying to target. And the one that I thought was really cool was a food truck area with green space. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I mean, food trucks, food trucks themselves have come such a long way in the mm-hmm. past 15 or 20 years. And uh, sometimes now the food trucks is, is where you can find the best food. And a lot of cities have these food truck festivals that are just huge. They pack people in because maybe it's easier for, uh, for cooks to operate out of a food truck than, mm-hmm. than it would be in a, in a brick and mortar, but you can really have, um, you can really have specialties in the food truck, which is great. And then when you have a bunch of food trucks together, people love that it's huge. And, and I think Clarksville would be a great place to have a lot more food trucks. Oh, for sure. And especially outside the industrial development park, because I mean, my gosh, look at all the businesses that are coming there, all the jobs and people that are going to be there. And you wouldn't have to drive all the way to Wilma Rudolph and get a little bit more traffic off of Wilma Rudolph if mm-hmm. you start building up over there as well. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned traffic because that was another thing that I asked when we were reporting on the story that I was curious about, because in a lot of city council meetings, when there's anything being zoned on Rossby Road, everybody's like, no, there's too much traffic on Rossby Road. And so they're one of the developers. And I believe Josh told me in order to get the bid for this, the developer will have to build an access road from uh, Rossby Road, I think, over to... It's the road is in international park. Uh, yeah, I think I think it is international. International mm-hmm. Boulevard, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, and it's going to be called International Court. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a road connecting that to Rossby Road. So that's really going to channel a lot of that traffic and keep a lot of those people that are in the industrial park in the industrial park. They're not going to have to go out to go to another place or something, you know, they're not mm-hmm. going to have to go around. So the access road's a really good idea. And if you look at the map, there's all kinds of stuff that could go here. There's four spots for restaurants. And then there's a spot for a pharmacy. They want to bring a pharmacy. They want to bring a health clinic. They want to bring a multi-tenant space. So maybe you could have like, I don't know, maybe four buildings there. Maybe like a Great Clips or a comic book store. We talked about earlier. You could probably put one of those there. It'd be a perfect spot for it. Maybe a shoe store, like a shoe sensation. You could probably put one of those mm-hmm. in there. Or a Red Wing. I love Red Wing shoes. So you could put a Red Wing there. And then... Or Froyo. You could or Froyo. Froyo I love yes. Froyo too. You're not going to let me forget Froyo. I said Froyo the other day. I guess nobody says that anymore for frozen yogurt. Yeah, this sounds a lot like um, a concept that I've seen in two different places recently in Columbus, just outside of Columbus, Ohio, and also in Asheville. You're seeing a lot of these types of developments where you you go in and it's almost like its own little mini city Hmm. and everything's new and you have beautiful loft spaces and apartments and then you have all of these restaurants and really interesting boutiques. You might even have a little movie theater there. And it's a, that sounds like that would be a wonderful concept there and probably what they're looking for. Oh, for sure. And something else that I wanted to mention too, when we were talking about Riverview is when I go to different cities on vacation and stuff, one of the things that I like to do is go downtown at night and see what all's happening. You know, whether it's the bars or the restaurants or the shops that are open late at night, it's just really cool because there's a lot of people walking down the street and it's just a really fun atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Riverview Square is going to have that. And I feel like this could even have it too, especially with all shifts, you know, at, at the industrial park, I'm sure they're going to have first, second and third. So, and another thing around exit eight, of course, it's great for all of us local people, but also you're going to catch those people on the interstate traveling through, mm-hmm. you know, True. to stop in. They're going to see the signs out on the interstate. Oh, OK, we're tired. We want to eat or something. And they'll stop there. So Get some Taco John's. There you go. Yeah. 
Or Burger King or Popeyes. I do love me some Popeyes. Uh, they are working on bringing a coffee shop there. They have not disclosed what that's going to be. They gave me some examples of what it could be. I think they said Duncan, um, Black Rifle Coffee Company, mm-hmm. and then Starbucks. I think those were the three they mentioned. But um, we don't know what it's going to be. It's just a prospect right now. But uh, there'll be a coffee shop right next to Popeyes before long. So who doesn't like coffee? And maybe a bakery, Jake. And maybe a bakery, <laughs> yeah. Get some homemade cookies or something. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've been talking about really a lot of developments, and we got to talk about this Shelby's Trio. Like, this is awesome. Wow. It's a three-story so restaurant, basically. Yeah. But it's different on each level. Yes, it is. And, Lee, you've been doing a lot with this. You've been doing a lot of coverage with this. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like, what do, you, what do you think about all this? I think it's fantastic. I mean, we've got the uh, Skyline 500 at the top there, mm-hmm. and then the uh, Trattoria di Cat, which is our Italian restaurant. That's great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Joe's Garage opening up, which, by the way, they're having a ribbon cutting on Monday. They've got the uh, the Mustangs in there, and yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's more of an I love Italian food, but I don't <laughs> know, not that fancy with that stuff, you know. I like the uh, the burgers and fries, and I'm sure that's going to be uh, what Joe's Garage is going to have. So it's just so great there, right there on that corner. Mm-hmm. Right there you've got the arena. You're going to have a river review square so that whole area is just going to be fantastic when it's all finished so yeah and i mean it's so unique like where else can you go you walk in there's an american bar and grill go upstairs find italian dining right there's you know one more and then there's a rooftop bar clarksville's first first rooftop bar yes so there's so many options i mean you could walk into shelby's trio there's something for everyone like doesn't matter what group of friends you're with i'm sure somebody will enjoy something there and i want to talk about the uh, italian place i had a chance to to cover that and that place was i was so underdressed when i went yeah. there to cover I, that. I actually went there to uh to have some dinner oh, yeah? um, because it was my birthday last week and oh, i said well birthday. thank you and i said we got to check out the new trattoria because i loved the roof deck because I thought that was just so well done. And the building itself is so beautiful. And I will say we keep hearing Italian dining, Italian dining. They don't have lasagna, just to let you know. Mm. It's, it's not lasagna or garlic bread or anything like that. It's a very different style of Italian dining. So you will find some lamb and some uh, some steak, oh. some chicken and some shrimp. But not what you think of with traditional Italian food, but it was fantastic. And the views, again, are beautiful. So it's it's really gorgeous. I had to educate myself a little bit when I was looking at the name because I had to figure out how to explain the name in the article. And it's called, it translated into English, uh, Cat's Trattoria is, or Trattoria di Cat. That's the Italian name. And translated into English, it's Cat's Trattoria. And a trattoria is actually an Italian term for a fairly casual mid-price restaurant. It's actually less formal than a restaurante and more formal than an Austria. (laughs) That looks like the word. It's O-S-T-E-R-I-A. Austeria, maybe? Uh, I'm not sure. None of us are Italian. Where's Tommy when you need him? So, uh, but uh, yeah, that is interesting. I had no idea there was three different levels of restaurants in Italy. Yeah. So there's no English word for trattoria. So translated into English, it's cat's trattoria. This is definitely <laughs> a special occasion restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, it's not casual. It's. Um, it's. 
And you'll see when you look at the menu and how everything is laid out, this is a special occasion, which is nice. It's nice to have that here in Clarksville. But just to let you know, that's what you can expect. Don't go in expecting Texas Longhouse. Exactly. (laughs) We can't afford to eat a Texas Roadhouse. What are you talking about, Chris? Yeah. (laughs) That was a Clarksville chat reference for all you that are in Clarksville chat. Yeah, that, I, I like I said, I was so underdressed when I went in there to cover it. I was in there, and I always wear jeans and a polo. That's just the kind of guy I am. And everybody else was in a suit. The waiters were in a suit mm. or in fancy dress. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm, I got to go. <laughs> Jordan, I think she was there. She took some photos. I think she was dressed a little nicer than I was. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go outside and walk while you take some photos. I got my sound bite. I'm, I'm going to head out. So, But uh, it was really cool, and I can't wait to try it. I actually haven't tried it yet. So, um, but I'm with you, Lee. I really want to try the, uh, the uh, Joe's garage. Joe's garage. Yes. yes. I love the classic cars they're going to have in there. And in talking with uh, Joe Maynard, they're going to swap those out occasionally. You know, different cars. Yes. That was his original plan when I talked to him the first time. So when I walked through there, my first question was like, how the heck did they get those in there? Did they drive him in? (laughs) Yeah. Like how, do you know how they got those in there? No, I don't. They had to drive them in. I mean, yeah. what other way you going? You can't disassemble and reassemble. Right. So love how you can see them from the street too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the whole concept. Yes, I mean, yeah, Johnny right. Cash did it. That whole one piece at a time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, guess, I remember yeah. that song. Yes, it didn't look very good. If I remember though, by the end of that song, it didn't. No, <laughs> it probably didn't. Look no, no, no. But um, but yeah, these will look much better. Oh, yes. Yeah, what kind a, of cars? I guess it was something. Uh, he's, uh, I know that uh, Joe Maynard is really into Mustangs. Shelby you Mustangs. Know, Shelby, yeah, Shelby Mustangs. So I think the two that are in there, in there now are Mustangs. But I know he did say he would uh, probably swap those out occasionally. He'd just have something different there. So Yeah, I think right now he's got Muscle cars we're yeah. talking about. Okay. <laughs> so not right, a Honda Civic. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a classic Mustang in there right now, and then I think a newer style Mustang. I don't know what generation it is, but they're really cool when I drive past. And I know I can't afford them. So, <laughs> All right, moving on. So our last headline, Black Horse Pub and Brewery to build brew house and event space behind current locale. This is also something that's actually been in the works for a while. Uh, the tornado is something that I think everybody is familiar with. When you say the tornado in Clarksville, Tennessee, everybody knows what you're talking about. And this right. lot has been vacant since the tornado. Mm-hmm. And Lee, maybe you can describe what was there because... I, I, downtown probably looks so different before then. Now that you, oh, it did. Now that you ask me, I'm trying to think because I remember going through downtown, you know, after the tornado when, uh, when they would let us go down there, you know, and uh, it, it was such a mess down there. It was terrible. But I don't remember what was behind there. Well, hmm. the Olson building is. Did that used to be the Rassus building? Is that? Right? I think it so was. Been, been I'm pretty sure right it was. Next yeah. To the Rassus building. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, originally it was like the Arlington Hotel took up a right. lot of that block. That was many years ago, yes. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is going to be, uh, this has been in concept for almost a decade. I was talking to Jeff Robinson, the owner, when I was doing this article, and he was saying that he wrote the concept for it back in 2015. And originally he wanted it to be just a bigger brew house. And I think so they could distribute like containers yeah, because um, the Black Horse has begun canning their beer. Yeah, yeah. And um, they wanted a, a facility where they could brew more beer and um, for canning and, uh, and for distribution. They ended up build because they got in a fight with the city over it. 
And um, so they ended up building a brew house in Alcoa um, that's apparently proven very popular and um, sort of a tourist destination type place. Yeah, that's what Jeff was saying. He said um, they had sent the site plan to the city in 2016, and long story short, it resulted in a lawsuit. The city was wanting to do some infrastructure improvements. Uh, but he said that's all water under the bridge. That was his quote. So that he said they had the bulk of the lawsuit settled about two years ago. And so after that, they're like, well, what are we going to build? Because we, we still want to build a brew house, but we've already built a bigger one in Alcoa. We've expanded our business there, which he said has been really successful. So he's kind of happy that it worked out that way from what I gathered. So he's like, why not an event space? Because, you know, Black Horse is awesome. One of my favorite spots, uh, not just in downtown Clarksville, but in Clarksville. But it is a little bit tight when you go in there, mm-hmm. when you're walking around and stuff. So it's, it's not the best place to host a party or event. And that's what Jeff was saying is they get a lot of calls of people that want to host parties and events, but they can't just because they don't have the capacity, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you go in there on a Friday night. I mean, the place is, is packed. So he's like, well, why don't do a brewery slash event space? And that's exactly what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. it's going to hold, I think, 145 people. It's going to be a two-story building. So the bottom floor is going to be – there's going to be seating there for, I think, 45 people. But it's also going to house a brewery, a smaller brewery, and a catering kitchen. And then the top floor will be able to house about 100 people at tables and chairs. So that's going to be mainly for events. He said they could host maybe one big event or two small events, one on the top floor, one on the bottom floor. But I think that's a really neat idea. And a pretty good business model, too, I think, for Black Horse. I think that's something – I don't really think there's any big event venue downtown, like as far as a restaurant goes. Yeah, it's hard to find something. Just today, we finally got sorted out a problem that we were having um, with our church. We were trying to find an event space mm. um, that had food, and we were calling around, and we're having trouble you know, getting anything. We finally did get it resolved, but it kind of pointed to, wow, there's a lot of opportunities for downtown event spaces. And – I've heard people saying, well, how many event spaces do we need? We already have an event space. The arena is supposed to be an event space. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you don't need, need just one, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, if Five Star is having an event for 100 people, you know, they need a spot. And if, you know, the FNM Bank is going to be having an event, they need only 25 people. They need a spot. You know, there's there, as Clarksville grows, we do need these spaces. And I can tell you one thing. Jeff would not be building one if he didn't think it was going to make some money. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's building. And, but also, uh, you just went, Lee, to the Emerald... The Emerald, Emerald Clarksville. Center? Yes. The Emerald Clarksville, it's called. The old rainbow skating rink. And uh, magnificent in there. A lot of space also. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know they've got a wedding expo going on this weekend. And they have big plans for, uh, as talking to the owners, they're talking about a place to celebrate. You know, that's yeah. one of their big things, a place for families and people to get together and celebrate. But a lot of room in there, and it is very elegant, you know. I looked at some of the photos of the inside of that place. Right. You could have easily have proms there. Oh, yes. You could have all kinds of stuff there. And they've got Comic-Con, an area. You know. There you go. <laughs> they've got an area upstairs uh, for, like, especially weddings for brides and the bridal party to get ready for the wedding and everything. So it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. As far as Black Horse goes, I first heard about this, actually, I believe it was at a Economic Development Council meeting. Maybe it was an IDB meeting. They all kind of bleed together. But um, no, it was an IDB mo- meeting because they were going to approve a TIF for it. They, uh, Black Horse has applied for a $350,000 20-year TIF. It's in the Civic Plaza TIF district. 
And so I believe the total cost of the project is going to be about $2.38 million, which I can imagine even building a small brewery is not cheap. I never built a brewery before, but I could guess that it's not cheap. You should try that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody want to drink what I would make. <laughs> Probably like weird Kentucky moonshine or something like that. <laughs> Actually, I know a guy uh, in Dixon, the editor of the Dixon Herald I used to work with. He had a lifelong dream of opening a brewery, and he did. It was a oh, wow. Furnace Brewing in downtown Dixon. And um, he said that it was the greatest moment. the The second greatest moment of his life was opening it, and the second great the, the greatest moment was when he uh, sold it to somebody because it was eating okay. up all of his time uh, in his life. Wow! But did, did he love it? Though? He loved it. He yeah. loved it. He had a lot of fun with it, but it, it did sort of overwhelm him after a while. I've heard the same thing applied to boats. I told somebody yeah. I wanted to buy a boat the other day. Like the best day of your life is when you. Buy a bo- or no, the second best day of your life is when you buy a boat. The first is when you sell it. Yeah, yeah. Same similar concept yeah. for the brewery. Yeah. I would imagine a brewery takes a lot of work. But this is gonna be this is gonna be really interesting, and I can't wait to see what kind of parties and stuff are gonna be hosted there. Maybe the uh five star radio Christmas party, Katie. You if you're listening. We did one there many years ago. Oh, did Upstairs. We really? wow. Yes. Yeah. At uh at Black Horse. I remember that. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, that's all of our stories for uh, this Your Week, Your News podcast. Oh, this was a lot but of fun, Jake, guys. But Jake. We've got to talk about uh, whether we need to change the name of Clarksville now. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. To Clarksburg okay, now. Yeah, we got to talk about this for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so glad you didn't let me forget this. Oh, my gosh. Chris, oh, you and great. I were coming back from Nashville this week. Yes. And we were trying to head back to Clarksville. And I say trying because the sign was, well, it said, uh, as you know, Clarksburg. Clarksburg. So there was, oh, there was, a, there was yeah. a little mistake there uh, by a couple people at a T-Dot. Uh, so as, as soon as we saw that sign, this is how great Clarksville now is. I just want to say this. I'm throwing this out there. going to toot our own horn for a second. Um, I snapped a picture. I called you, Lee, because I needed a contact for TDOT. Right. Uh, you texted me the contact, got a hold of them, got some information from them. Uh, Jimmy Settle, big thank you to you because he's so great whenever you need something as far as um, getting any kind of information from the city. So Jimmy is always on He's a spokesman for the city, communications director yeah, for the city yeah. of Clarksville. Uh, Jimmy Settle. So uh, thank you, Jimmy, for getting back to me really quick. And we had the article out really quick because it was a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like the mayor said, mistakes happen. You know, we're not we're not dogging T-Dot. That's, that's not what it is. Uh, but it is hilarious that it happened. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you can't. Didn't they say it was only up for a couple of days or something? Yeah, it was something? only up two days. Oh, okay. That's the funny part is yeah. that when they were putting the sign up, do you think they were saying... Now, do you think that they meant to put Clarksville on the sign? Yeah. Oh, let's just put it up. Like, where is, I think Clarksburg is south, guys. Like, I, I don't know if this is right. Well, that's what it says on the order form, so let's, let's put it up. That's probably what hey, happened, we, so. You're telling it's, us, put it up. It's not, one of those, it's not one of those things. If you're looking for a sign, this is it, right? <laughs> okay. Well, Clarksburg, never been there before. Oh, see, <laughs> let's they, go. I hope they held on to that sign. I mean, they could yeah. pass that, or that could be a great auction item at Flying I think it would be great you know? here. Somewhere here, it needs to yeah. be in one of these new buildings or, or a venue going up. Oh, yeah. We need to put up the Clarksburg right. sign. No, I bet TDOT puts, turned that to scrap and hurry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it is interesting because they didn't comment on how exactly it happened. Because, you know, that had to go through a few channels oh, right, yeah. to happen. Yes. You so, I don't know if they just saw it and like... No one's going to notice. And We're then all pretty stressed. <laughs> we got a lot of things going on in our minds. Yeah, COVID just happened. You know, everybody's <laughs> everybody's got stuff on their minds. So it'll probably be fine. Two days. Last two days. Yeah. That was that was a really fun story to to write really quick because I I'd, I'd never seen that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, well, now there was a situation I think I had mentioned to you uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, more than that, there was a sign there by Trinity Lane on I twenty uh, four that said Fort Campbell Army Base, uh-huh. and I got thinking. Usually, they call it a post or an installation. And I had said something to PAO, and they said they had been told that before. And then all of a sudden, it seems like about a month later, it was changed to Fort Campbell Army Post mm. instead of base. Mm. So I know PAO had told me that really they prefer calling it a post or installation. So somebody had complained about that. Maybe the CG over at Fort mm. Campbell had said, wait a minute, you've got to change that. And the funny part was it wasn't a whole new sign. They had just stuck Post over oh. base. Seriously, <laughs> I slowed down to an, look with at an that expo pen and just yeah. it out. no, no. There was a metal plate over the part that said base. I could yeah. see where they had attached that with screws. You know, I drove by real slow to look at it and check it out. So, wow. but uh, that's another thing. You know, we still love T dot though. Oh yeah, for sure. And T dot, you're not alone in in making mistakes. I was in such a hurry to write the article, even though I looked over it several times. I misspelled T dot. <laughs> So I'm going to throw my own mistake out there. So there you go. I'm T-Dot's mistake out there. I'm going to throw out my own as well. Our Facebook audience was very quick to mention that. Yes, yeah. yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're not funny. alone, T-Dot. We all make mistakes. Yeah. So it was funny, though, because I was correcting T-Dot for theirs, and I misspelled T-Dot. I think I said T-O-D-T. I think that's oh, the that. irony. Yeah. yeah. So See how they like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you commented, yeah, too. Exactly. Chris Smithberg. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, great having everybody on. Um, Lee and Tiffany, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, filling uh, Ryan and Katie's shoes while they're, while they're out today. Oh, we'll thanks be- for having us. Yeah. yeah really enjoyed it. Cool. Well, Chris, I will uh, see you again next week. We'll be right back here talking about a, a whole other set of news. Yeah. And see what uh, the week brings. Yeah. Yeah. Until then. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.